Welcome to the Careers, Employability and Skills podcast from Queen's University, Belfast. This episode was recorded during one of the Employability Skills bite-sized sessions with a topic on global leadership and is hosted by Roshin McCartney from the Queen's Careers, Employability and Skills Department. So the session today then is one from a series of um, short sessions on employability skills. Um, They're aimed at helping you to identify skills that you might already possess and perhaps some that you might want to gain. The intention in creating these sessions is to help you to be able to talk about these skills at interview. So the idea is that I'll give you a framework around the topic and you match that to your skills and experience. And, you know, hopefully you'll be building things up as we go along. At the end of the session, then, I will give you some examples of the sort of questions that you might get asked at interview around the topic. Use what you learned today to help you prepare answers to the questions. And then, you know, just keep your answers in one place and just keep building on them as as you go along, as you prepare uh, prepare for interviews. So the topic of talking about global citizenship sits under cultural awareness skills, but as it's a transferable skill, it really could sit under a lot of the headings such as problem solving, applying subject knowledge and understanding, teamwork certainly fits there, utilizing modern technology and indeed business operational skills. So, you know, like a lot of these sessions that I'm doing, a lot of the the skills will sit across a number of those. So let's look at today's short session and how it's structured then. And before we start for this particular subject, I want to be clear that I'm not remotely an expert on the topic of global citizenship. And, you know, I'm not going to to let on that I am. It's a vast topic and there's many different aspects to it. And so some of you may well be far more knowledgeable about aspects of it than I am, perhaps because of the degree subject that you're studying or maybe because of particular um, interests that you have or activities that you do. And if that's the case, you know, certainly, you know, put some things into the chat if you want to share with other people. So the session today then is not about telling you everything you need to know about global citizenship topics. It's more about getting you to think about some of the topics and how they might affect the companies that you might be looking to work for. It's about looking at how you can relate the activities that you already do to global citizenship. And of course, it's important to understand that you might never hear the words global citizenship at an interview. You know, some of these sessions, you know, I have a title for them, but they're not necessarily the words that they'll use at interview. But you may be asked about commercial aspects of the business, for example, new markets, new global markets, um, ethical aspects of the business, how we treat our workers, um, maybe about corporate responsibility, what we do for the community or the environment. Or there could be something about diversity. Who do we hire? How do we represent ourselves? As I say, it's it's a huge subject with you know many different aspects to it. So I'm going to start by asking you a few questions, and you know they're kind of rhetorical, but you are you know I'm happy for you to put some um, things into the chat about them. Um, so. What sort of company do you want to work for? Have you really thought about that? 
not just the type of job that you want to do, but the type of company that you want to work for. So as you move from education into your career, what's important to you? What personal values do you have that would encourage you to seek to work for a particular organization? And likewise, who will you not apply to? And what would be the things that would stop you applying to a particular organization? You know, maybe they produce particular things that you're not happy with. So for you, it might be issues around sustainability. It might be around the company's integrity or their lack of integrity, um, perhaps around their lack of diversity, or it might be that they don't pay or treat their workforce properly. So, you know, think about what's, what's really important to you whenever you look to a company to work for. And the research shows that young people want to work for employers who are committed to values and ethics and for companies that make a positive impact. And, you know, we would notice even at the, the like of the graduate fairs that companies who want to attract the best talent, the best graduates, promote their corporate social responsibility. So, you know, it's consider us, we do good things, not just for ourselves and for our employees, but also for the local and the wider community. So if global issues are important to the best graduates, then they will also be important to the best companies and vice versa. So it's a cyclical sort of thing. Your choices will have an impact on what companies do as well. So consider what your values are. Consider the types of company that you would like to work for and why. And when you're applying to a company, make sure that you research what's important to that company too. What will they want from their employees and how can you represent that to them? Okay, so that's a lot of different things to take in there. I don't, Mary, has anybody put anything into the chat by any chance? No questions or anything. No comments, no. Um, notice someone had issues filling out the registration form, oh, but we're able to okay. take down her information. Okay. That's it, though. Okay. All right. So, again, then, you're unlikely to necessarily use the term global citizenship at interview, but rather to, I suppose, demonstrate the ethos of it. So, I want to take sort of a, a step back and consider what do we mean with, when we talk about global citizenship? What is a global citizen? Is it someone who has lived in a lot of countries, someone who has a lot of stamps in their passport? So rather than look at a definition, I thought I would give you some points instead. A global citizen has an understanding of the world and their place in it. They recognize that they have responsibilities towards humanity as a whole. They're aware of how important it is to know about global issues. And so they may make a point of keeping up to date with important developments. That might be following in the news, might be researching issues, following social media of relevant organizations and things like that. They inform themselves about other cultures and importantly, they respect and have an openness to the politics and the cultures of others. It's important to remember that global citizenship can start locally. Sometimes the issues that are global are also local. So making a difference in your local community is equally important. An active role in your local community can also have a global impact 
or it can be a local group doing something for a global effort. A global citizen might hold government to account by doing things like taking part in debates, asking questions, signing or organizing petitions, or organizing movements. Maybe, you know, an example could be the Fridays for Future or Youth Strike for Climate, that kind of thing. And a global citizen takes action to make the world a better place in terms of equality, fairness, and sustainability. So that's the sort of thing that we're, you know, going to, to look in a little bit more detail throughout the session. But those are the kind of things that, you know, if you want to, to do, able to discuss things confidently at interview, then consider those type of issues. So we're always hearing that the world is a really small place. And I think with travel and with technology, it's becoming seemingly smaller and smaller. And one of the ways that countries make links with others is when a town or a city becomes twinned with another. So I thought that it would be interesting to see where Belfast is twinned with. And it turns out that we have two what are called sister cities in the USA. And those are Nashville, Tennessee and Boston. Don't know if you knew that, Mary. Um, and also two in China, Hi-Fi. <laughs> and Shenyang, and apologies if I'm pronouncing those completely wrong. Um, so these partnerships focus on social projects, education, musical and cultural exchange. I imagine the musical one there with Nashville. Um, they're used to foster economic investment, trade and tourism. And I think that's important to see that the global connections are not just with companies or individuals, but also at a town and city level and indeed country level. And I think, you know, obviously with what's going on in the world today, it's easy to see those global connections as well, whether for good or for bad. Um, so I don't know where you all are, but as I say, I'm sitting in Belfast. And when I was designing today's session, I thought I would look at an example of a local company. And I happened to be drinking tea at the time, which is something that happens quite often. So I thought of this Belfast company, Thompson's Family Teas. And I mean, when you think about tea, you don't necessarily, you don't really think about Belfast. So clearly there was going to be an international aspect to the company. So I went on to their website and immediately I see that they get their teas from North India and Kenya. Um, so, you know, what are all the issues that are going to be involved in bringing tea from two different countries to Belfast? And on the same page, we see them talking about how quality is important to them and not something that they will compromise on. And I thought that word compromise was interesting. And therefore that is reflected in a higher price. And I thought probably, you know, if you're reading into that, you'd look at things around integrity. So again, what sort of things would you be thinking around here if you were going to be applying for a job in a company like this? Again, welcome to pop things into the chat here. And this isn't a promotional video for um, Thompson's Family Teas, by the way. It's, you know, it's just something that I picked on. I thought I look at one website. So if we go further into the website, we find information on the company's 
ethical trading ethos. They talk about partner, customer and client relationships. And, you know, as we move further into the session today, you'll see where that sort of thing is important as well. And if you look at the words on the page, you see things like high standards, great teas, trust, sh share our ideals, respect and offering equal opportunity. Oops. So again, folks, as I said, I'm not I'm not running an advertisement for for Thompson's. I'm just giving you examples of how you might start to look at global aspects of a company. What are the sort of things that might be involved in running that company that are certainly global? And what are the issues both as a local company and as a global company would be, you know, would affect them? So how are those things represented in the company? How you might want to link those things into your interviews? Consider that. What's important to you? What's important to the company? And how do you represent yourself so that you can link those things together? Okay, so again, just to give you some thoughts on thinking about how do I start to look at those kind of things? Again, Mary, if there's anything in the chat, just let me know if I need to address anything. Yep, nothing yet. Okay. So for the most part, a business needs to ensure that they can survive. And in order to do well, they will often want to expand. And that often means expanding globally. So that could mean having a presence in different locations across the globe and employing people in different locations. It might mean employing people in different locations, but not actually having offices there. So they could perhaps have online workers. It might mean selling products online and just having one base, or it could be selling products from lots of locations globally. So there are many ways to expand globally and companies will do it in many different ways. You know, it's not a one, one size or one rule fits all. But expanding globally means dealing with all sorts of new issues that are likely to be time consuming, complicated, possibly costly, involving new legislation, navigating different laws and cultures. And if a company is going to expand globally, then they will need employees who have a global mindset and they will look at different business opportunities and think worldwide rather than local. So, you know, if you think about it, having having employees with a global mindset could be the difference between a company saying, oh, I think that India could be a huge new market for us. Let's brainstorm how we could make the most of that. Or I think that India could be a big marketplace for us, but I wouldn't know where to begin. And there could be all sorts of problems to deal with. Let's put that one on hold. So you can see see a huge difference there. And different cultures have different styles, different likes and different ways of doing things. So your knowledge could mean that you're able to recognize that a product might not sit well in another country, but perhaps with a few tweaks, it could fit in perfectly. Sometimes adapting what you do is all it might take for, you know, for something to be a global success. But you need that sort of global mindset to see how that can happen. So consider developing your knowledge about cultures and global markets. 
and develop diverse social networks. And where better to develop diverse social networks than at university with our international students and our staff and with access to, you know, so many clubs and societies, more perhaps other years than this year. But still, those those things are still there and available to you. And I'm going to talk about that later on. But, you know, think about whenever you're at interview, approaching it with that global mindset of how can we do things bigger and better? Because if a company wants to expand, that's the sort of employee that they'll want to, to take on board. Okay, here's another reason, or indeed 17 reasons, why we need to be able to talk about global citizenship. And I'm sure most of you at least will be very familiar with these. The United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And as I've already said, sustainability and corporate responsibility is something that all organizations, but especially big organizations, have to not just buy into, but also to demonstrate. So the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals aims to take action on the most pressing global issues humanity faces today. So that includes peace and security, climate change, sustainable development, human rights, disarmament, terrorism, humanitarian and health emergencies, gender equality, governance and food production. And as I said at the very beginning, you know, it's a huge range of things. There's so many different aspects to it. No one will expect you to be an expert in all of those things. It's really just about thinking about what's important to you, what's important to the company that you're hoping to work for and how you can link those sort of things together. So they're divided into the five main categories, which you see here for people that aim to end poverty and hunger and ensure that all people can fulfill their full potential with dignity, equality and in a healthy environment. For the planet, the goals are to protect the planet from more environmental damage by sustainably managing resources and taking urgent action on climate change for prosperity to ensure that everyone can enjoy prosperous and fulfilling lives but prospering in a way that economic social and technological progress happens in harmony with the natural world and doesn't cause further damage so you can see that a lot of these things link together and you know impact on each other for peace the goal is to promote and ensure peaceful just and inclusive societies People can live free from fear and violence. And finally, their partnership is about enabling all this through a commitment to the global partnership for sustainable development. So a lot of detail there. There's a lot more detail on their website. Um, so obviously, if you want to get more information about it, just go on to the website and, and search on the particular one that you're interested in. Now, if you are moving from one company to another, for another job, you'd probably be able to talk about your experience within the company and what they did around those goals, you know, the company that you are currently working for and what they did around those sort of sustainability goals. So I think that if we look at Queen's as your current company or as the organization that you're currently with, it's useful to look at what your current company is doing around sustainability. 
And sustainability is something that is coming up more and more often across every level in Queen's and certainly at senior management level. Um, it's you know, part of our corporate strategy, but it's something that we've been working towards for quite a few years now. So here you can see their commitment to the goals across teaching, research, and also across operations at Queen's. And operations would be things like travel, buildings, and hospitality. So goal number five on gender equality. And you can see that Queen's has won a number of awards across the university on gender equality. But, you know, it's important to note that all of these things involve action from staff. So policies put in place and work done to make sure that these policies are carried through. So each of the goals require action and contribution from everyone. It's not something that you just put up as a policy document and that you meeting the goals. It really is about the contribution that everybody makes towards it. Goal number six then, clean water and sanitation. And this is action around using water responsibly, reducing wastage and the water quality that's available as well. And goal number 11 then on sustainable cities and communities. And again, it notes awards, um, commitments and standards to meet. And once again, none of this happens or gets done without people taking action. And I'm repeating that because it's really important to remember you know, how important your opinion is and your actions are in making these things happen. So not just at your level, but at your company and organization level as well, and then beyond that. Okay, the United Nations says that for the goals to be reached, everyone needs to do their part. Governments, the private sector, civil society, and importantly, people like you. So I wanted to look at opportunities in Queen's for you to be able to get involved in that you could link to some of these goals. And it may be things that you're already doing, but not necessarily have made those links, you know, to these goals. And remember, you know, again, that I'm doing this with a view to you being able to use this information at interview. So, you know, that's what these employability skill sessions are about. It's why I'm not going through all of the goals in detail. I'm just trying to help you to make those links for you to be able to talk about them. So one of the areas in Queens that you may well be familiar with is Volunteer SU, where students volunteer to do a range of things both locally and globally. And many of you probably involved in some of these activities. So I wanted to link some of them to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals so that you might see how you could talk about these in a global impact sort of way and not just in a local setting. And again, if you are involved or have been involved with any of the activities or the clubs in Queen's where you can see a relationship between the global citizenship, pop it into the chat and maybe a few words about it, you know, where you see the links, what what the society was or the volunteering was and where you see the links. And again, the pandem pandemic has shown us just how the world has to work together on solutions to problems and that how we behave locally impacts globally. So linking some of these then, so linking the goals of zero hunger and good health, 
good health and well-being to the you know volunteering that students have been doing with places like the South Belfast Food Bank and Fair Share, the Macmillan, Childline, Parkinson's UK. So various things there that you can link if you've been active in those things or possibly may be active in those things to those two sustainability goals. The um, linking the goals of quality education, reduced inequalities and partnerships for the goals with volunteering such as the homework clubs to help kids build their confidence, improve their educational attainment and raise aspirations for higher education. So my final volunteer SU slide links the Handy Helpers programme with the goals of life on land and partnerships for the goals. This programme helps student volunteers work in partnership with residents' associations to address issues in the local community. And again, it is local, but it is addressing those goals. They transform areas of deprivation, such as alleyways, into beautiful spaces by doing things such as cleaning, painting and planting wildflowers. So those are some of the links to the volunteering opportunities. And I'm going to move on now to the clubs and societies. Okay, and there's quite a few of them there. So many of the clubs and society, you know, there, there, are, there are, I don't know, a couple of hundred, I think, of clubs and societies. So men only mentioning a very small selection of them where there's very clear and obvious links. But again, if you're in, society, in a society, then look at what you do and at the 17 goals and see where you can find the links. So the goal there, no poverty, engineers without borders and project Zambia, good health and well-being, the SWAT, I think that's the, the medical students, friends of MSF, students for global health, 14 and 18, life below water and life on land, marine biology and zoology society quality education, integrated society, and gender equality there, um, feminist and equality society, and women in medicine society. They all sound like fabulous societies. Um, number eight then, decent work and economic growth, the Enactus Society, reduced inequalities, inclusion society, LGBTQIA society, sign language society, Sustainable Cities and Communities, Planning Society, Climate Action, Green at Queen Society, and number 16, Peace, Justice and Strong Institutions. Students together with Asylum Seekers and Refugees, Lawyers Without Borders and Amnesty Society. And as I said, that's just a, a very small selection of the clubs and societies that are available that we've linked to those goals so that you can see what those links are. But there's many, many more societies and clubs and, you know, go ahead, have a look at the 17 goals and see where you can link those things to. Okay, our own Global Opportunities team offer a range of activities that would certainly help you talk about global issues and your global knowledge. And obviously visiting other countries, learning more about the culture and learning the language is always gonna be a huge benefit. 
So you'll find information on these activities on our careers events pages and on my future. So, you know, don't miss out on them. If you have missed this year, they, they may be available for next year. Um, because of the situation in the world today, some of the opportunities are on hold, but generally there are a huge amount of opportunities. So have a look at the um, Global Opportunities Team's website and see what's available there. And again, you know, working or studying abroad gives you that added level of experience and, you know, more that you can talk about. And it gives you an idea that if you've done something like this, then that you are likely to have more of that sort of global mindset that I talked about earlier and more likely to be able to move into doing things in that global way, or at least you can more ably talk about it. Okay, I already mentioned to you the Estates team in Queen's and the, the Green at Queen Society. And Estates also run an environmental leadership programme, which again is worth looking into. And it's for students from all disciplines, not just environmental science students. Probably very useful for students who are not doing environmental um, science because they'll probably learn more from it. Okay, so you might not be involved in a club or a society, but you can still be involved in raising awareness of the sustainable development goals that you might feel passionate about or indeed other things. There's, there's so much detail in them, it's hard to think what other things there could be. Um, but it might be just something like following and retweeting relevant messages or writing letters or things like that. But raising awareness is certainly one of the, one of the things. And so you might not be um, involved in a club or society or anything like that, but it's also important to note that it's not just what you do that's important, but also what you don't do. So if you're not formally involved in anything, you can also be doing your bit by things like recycling and reducing waste. And you can talk about what you do as an individual without being a member of a group. Just think about what that is and what you want to say about it. Okay, so I'm going to sort of finish with those sort of topics there because I just wanted to make those links for you um, and move into the sort of questions that you might be asked. And apologies if you've been on these sessions before, you'll have already have seen some of, of this, but um, whenever we're looking at interview preparation, I just want to remind you of the STAR technique for effectively answering your interview questions. So basically you want to be able to tell the interviewer your story by putting it into context for them. Um, so when you, you know, are formulating your answer for your interview, try and follow this sort of star technique. It makes your answers clear and logical, and it means that you're getting across the main points that you need to. So start obviously by listening to the question and think of the example that you're going to use. Hopefully, because you'll have done so much preparation, especially with having been at so many of these sessions, you'll already have a, an answer prepared or, you know, a, a good a good answer that might be appropriate. But even if you have to think on your feet, if you haven't come up with a prepared answer for this and you have to think on your feet, frame your answer into situation, task, action and result. Describe the event or situation that you were in. Explain the task that you had to complete. 
what were the challenges? Describe the specific actions that you personally took to complete the task. And you can say what you did as a team, but you should also say what you personally did. What were you responsible for? Finish with the results. What was the results of your actions? Were there benefits or savings, for example? What was the impact? Okay, so obviously, if you're having an interview with an organization like Oxfam or other charities, international charities, or an environmental organization, then the level of detail required around this subject will be much more extensive. These sort of questions here that I've put up here are more general with an aim to be applicable to, I suppose, the vast majority of at least big or global sort of organizations. And if the company is large or with a global presence, or it's small but it wants to have a global presence, then you need to have done your research and be prepared to answer questions related to that. So I'm just going to quickly run through these questions. And again, remember, you can put comments or questions into the chat. You have myself, you have Mary, who's a careers consultant, and, you know, and Deirdre there as well, I think, still too. And, you know, now is an opportunity to be able to ask questions as well and get the answers that might be useful to you. So the sort of things, what experience do you have in working in a multicultural environment? So even if you don't have any experience outside of Queen's, you can be using things like, you know, if you've been in a club or just having to do coursework with international colleagues or students, that kind of thing. What do you understand by the term globalization? And again, try and relate it to the company. What do organizations need to consider around sustainability? And remember, you know, you're at an interview, try and be positive. You're not trying to run a company down or anything. Relate it to the company. Talk about it in general as well, but talk about it in a positive sort of way. What world issues do you feel passionate about? Entirely up to you. Have you any experience or knowledge of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals? Of course you do, because we've just talked about them there. Um, what do you do on an everyday level that works towards these aims? And again, link the activities that you do. Do your preparation before the interview. Think about what you do and what you want to say about it. What environmental issues are important to you? How do you address them? What challenges might you face working in another country? And that's the kind of thing that, you know, I said to you about the global opportunities and stuff that, you know, if you've already lived somewhere else, then it's a real benefit to be able to, to talk about that. So it might be some specific things to the, the specific country um, and then some general of just working somewhere that you're not used to. Remember to be positive. Um, nothing cannot be overcome. Perhaps some examples of how you have done similar things like learning a new language and stuff like that. So even if you haven't lived or worked in another country, there might be some aspects that you could bring to that of things that you have done. Um, have you stood up for a cause that you believe in? And obviously, if the answer to that was yes, then you would say how you did that. How does your own actions at local level impact at a global level? And again, think, think that through. 
what issues should our company be looking into to tackle climate change? And that gives you an opportunity to go into your research about the company, to talk about your general knowledge, but also remember again about being positive about the company. You want them to, to employ you. What would you do to tackle climate change? That might be a bigger general answer. What issues might this company have if we were to sell globally? And remember that's about that global mindset, researching the commercial landscape for you know that particular company, looking at the products that they're using, where they're already selling, where they might move into. What would be the challenges of opening an office in another country? And again, an all-round general answer and then try and do it specifically if, if there's a specific country mentioned. And then finally there, provide an example of how you have communicated complex information to a diverse group. And to be honest, that might be more of the sort of question that you might be asked around this sort of subject. And think about it in terms of, you know, it could be that you have presented at a conference, at a team meeting, perhaps in your club or society, maybe just in a pre presentation to other, you know, staff within or students within your department. What things did you have to consider for that? So in what way was the group diverse? Was it around ages, the knowledge that they have, the languages that they speak, the cultures that they come from, the abilities that they have? What sort of diverse group was it? So an awareness of the need to appreciate the diversity. Um, maybe talking about not using jargon, using visuals as well as, as just speaking, clear and straightforward language, being respectful, being culturally aware. So a lot of things can go into an answer around, um, you know, communicating with a di diverse group. Okay, so that's me finished on the questions there. Mary, is there anything in the chat that we need to address? No, I, I'm not seeing anything now. Okay, so then you still have time Someone's to put it. Okay. Um, some reminders, folks, for you coming up sessions. So we're currently doing the talking about global citizenship. Um, in a couple of weeks, we have impressing in meetings and then change and adaptability. And then we have six sessions during development weeks, which is the 24th of May to the 4th of June. And there are our six sessions there, all available to register for if you are interested. Um, we will put the slides up into the chat for you to be able to take away and do you have any questions we'll give you a few minutes for that yes we have a question um to saying thank you and if we have international study experience would you recommend talking about it in detail on a cv or cover letter or briefly mentioning it and allowing the employer to ask more about it in the interview well, Mary, just as, you know, with your experience, what would you say to that, first of all? Um, I would say that definitely including it on your CV. Yeah. And I think this is, with a CV, it's typically, you know, at most two pages. You don't always have the space to give a lot of detail there. Um, depending on the role, you would maybe also talk about it in your cover letter, likely. Um, but definitely then you can elaborate within the interview about that experience. And so I guess just trying to think before you go into the interview, 
um, what skills you can relay through talking about your um, international experience. So kind of having thought it through in your head a little bit, like Rasheen said, um, about some specific examples of perhaps things that you did or learned through your international experience and how you can relate that to questions that might come up during the interview. Yeah. And as you said, depending what, what the role is that you're going for, I mean, obviously, if they're asking, if the role involves something that has an international element to it, that you might have to travel to different countries or something, then you might want to put a bit more emphasis on your experience for it. So just look at, you know, tailor it to the role that you're going for as well, but definitely don't leave it off your CV. Exactly. Um, and we did have another comment from one of our guests, Deirdre. <laughs> she just says she was glad that her favorite tea is 100% biodegradable. <laughs> yeah, she hasn't been a convert to uh, Thompson's teas. <laughs> <laughs> You have been listening to Find Your Future, a podcast from careers, employability and skills at Queen's University Belfast. For more career helps and advice, visit go.qb.ac.uk careers.